0: Welcome to the I Hate Critics Movie Review Podcast. I'm your co-host, Bob Zerl. With me as always is professional film critic Sean Patrick and Jeff Lasseter. Visit us at iHateCritics.net, IHateCritics.com. We're on all the social media platforms, or at least most of them are Handle Critics Pod. Listen to us on all the podcatchers, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Alexa. Uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, rate and review the show, read your review on the air uh we're on youtube sean's been all over that lately re-watching our videos and reading the comments they're pretty entertaining <laughs> uh, subscribe to the show there as well and then patreon.com slash is the best way to help support the podcast get yourself a credit on the show and hear our bonus episode going up very soon uh it, probably up by the time you hear this is the friday the 13th part two commentary uh, it will eventually go live before it gets taken down for copyright strikes. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you will get to hear it on Patreon forever, though. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so become a Patreon supporter to listen to that. All right, Sean, where can people get your reviews?
1: It's uh, You can find me at uh, geeks.media, horror.media, and uh, Sean at uh, the, mov- the movies. for the uh, archive blog.
0: And Jeff, what do you got going on?
1: Oh, What don't
2: I have going on? Um, last weekend was Halloween Palooza, which was fun. Uh, got to um, got to meet some cool people, uh, some fellow podcasters in the um, in the round there. And uh, I think they do a podcast called Ice Cream Sunday. Uh, I know they were following us on Facebook. Maybe they're listening to this right now. Hey guys,
0: well, they got a cool podcast uh, name.
2: Yeah. yeah. I uh, I met Judy Aronson from Friday the 13th part four and she was delightful as was Laura Park Lincoln from part seven. And uh, somebody there this weekend told me a really disgusting story about somebody that's in one of the Friday the 13th movies that I will not repeat on the air. Um, yeah. And yeah, uh, this weekend, I'm not actually vending at it, but I'm going to Scarefest in Lexington, Kentucky.
0: Uh, I just got back. Everybody's.
2: <laughs> did you?
0: Yeah, we drove there Sunday morning, came back Monday night. <laughs> oh, wow. Long drive.
2: Um, and some exciting news. Uh, last weekend, where wherever he was, my friend Kent showed Felissa Rose my sleepaway camp design. And she uh, gave me her phone number, and we she ordered some from me that I'm going to take to her table on Friday.
0: That's that so, awesome! Wow! So,
2: <laughs> if you had told me 40 years ago that that girl with the penis, uh, not really in the not really in the movie, um, if you told me 40 years ago that Felissa Rose someday was going to order your artwork. I would have had to check both legs to see which one was being pulled. <laughs> That's a line for misery. Um, you should know that Sean, you just watched it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I, am can't really believe it. <laughs> so, uh, take some down to her. I just ordered them today and then I'm going to hopefully get some more people to order some more art. So
1: very cool. That was awesome. I'll
2: post a picture of the one, uh, that I'm taking on our Facebook.
1: If I don't pass
2: out.
0: All right. All of the links are on our show notes. So uh, be sure to check them out there before we get into our kind of a weird format of an episode. Not that weird though. uh, Let's talk about some news. Uh, The eras tour showed this week. Uh And I could have gone, but my daughter is now too cool for Taylor Swift.
1: Oh wow! Uh, out of nowhere, Nobody's... like
0: two months ago, it was like <laughs> begging me to buy tickets on the, you know, scalp tickets, and now it's like she takes her flag down and she's gotten cool at school and now she doesn't like Taylor Swift anymore.
1: How <laughs> <laughs> that so, that terrible. That happens. Uh, yeah, $93 million. A pretty rarefied air for a Especially for a concert film, it's the all-time highest-grossing concert film. Uh, it's the uh, second-highest opening in the history of October, uh, and and you know, again, if anybody's trying to tell you that this was some kind of failure because it didn't reach a hundred million dollars, that's just they're just lying. That's just bullshit. It's a monster hit, uh, and deservedly so. It's a wonderful show. I did see it. It is a wonderful show. Um, I, the thing that struck me, though was the fans watching the fans just have this incredible time. Like, I'm not saying I'm not a Taylor fan. I'm just not like a Taylor fan. Super fan, you know,
2: you know not a Taylor Stan.
1: I'm not a Swifty, <laughs> uh, in the end. Uh, but I, I, I appreciate her. And I thought she did. She, she puts on a hell of a show, but what really impressed me was just how much fun everybody there was having. They're just having such an incredible time. and, there's an article now today in The Hollywood Reporter, which I think is an incredibly disingenuous article. Uh, because it's The Hollywood Reporter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that basically says, uh, it, this is this uh, Taylor Swift movie uh, sparks debate over theater etiquette. And they're like, no, it didn't. <laughs> like, no. First of all, people have been bitching about, about the theatrical experience for years. It didn't start with this, and it won't end with this. But also... If you were going to see this and thinking for any moment that you, people are going to be sitting in a chair and just <laughs> nodding along, I mean, that's just a foolish idea. No, this, this was always going to be this. This is like going to a Rocky Horror Picture Show and yelling at people to sh- sit out and shut up. Like, that's not going to happen. You know, <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a really dumb ask, and I think it's, it's deeply disingenuous of any reporter to ask this question as, as to whether or not this is uh, what movie theater etiquette is supposed to be that's nonsense this was always going to be what this was
2: yeah that's ridiculous I mean I thought it was funny when I saw on Twitter the big circle dance and everybody saying like Midsommar vibes
0: (laughs) (laughs) I enjoyed the TikTok videos of like all the kids dancing and the dad just sitting there like when's this over (laughs) (laughs) Well, my
2: niece went. She said that like she sang through the whole thing, and so did her friends. And she said it was like being at a concert with
0: better angles. It sucks so that it wasn't four hours long because that's what the show really was when she played it live. Yeah, so they cut out a lot of songs.
1: I'm just glad they had fun. Like if you're gonna have, like you what? How do you get mad at people for having fun?
2: What is when you having fun in your life? that's when you get mad at
1: people for having
2: fun exactly you're just that's why we hate
1: critics
2: (laughs) (laughs) but critics aren't the ones saying this oh new york times people whatever same thing hollywood reporter
1: they don't have film critics they've got business
2: hollywood reporter
1: (laughs) hollywood reporter sucks Absolutely. It's just a, it's a disingenuous question. They knew what they were getting into when they got into this. Everybody did. All the theaters were prepared for this situation. I did see somebody complaining like I was, uh, I heard, you know, a lot of fun being had at the Taylor Swift show. Of course, I was next door watching a different movie.
2: <laughs> God. Well, maybe you should have gone and seen Taylor Swift. <laughs> Look, I used to hate Taylor Swift. Mm hmm. I just I was just like oh she's so annoying and that I used to make the joke that the song we are never getting back together was about her knees uh, you know <laughs> like shitty things like that mm-hmm. but it took the the song um, uh, oh God, what what's the song um, shake it off mm-hmm. it took that song with the um, 1987 crystal light aerobics video behind it. <laughs> And I just thought it was so funny and I kept watching it and watching it and watching it and you know, I showed my boyfriend I'm like, oh my god, you gotta see this. He's like, I hate Taylor Swift. I'm like, just watch this. And by the time I stopped showing that to people, I loved Taylor Swift. 1989 was a great album.
1: Yeah. So I don't think you have to you, you don't have to like Taylor Swift. You don't have to be a fan of Taylor Swift. Just There's no reason to be a dick to people right. enjoying something. Like just let people enjoy what they enjoy. Why do you got to be an ass about it?
0: Like there's literally nothing bad you can say about Taylor Swift. I don't. I'm not a fan by any means. There's nothing wrong with her. No, (laughs) she she does everything right. Uh, I mean, there's really we have no business talking about her dating life. Yeah, Uh, that's probably the only thing anybody could criticize, I guess, and that's none of our business anyway. Uh, But otherwise, she's just a perfectly fine human being. (laughs) Just kind of silly.
1: She didn't set out to be a cult leader, so they made her one. Jared Leto set <laughs> out to be a cult leader. <laughs>
2: yeah, and nobody, no and nobody cares. She
1: wanted that, and she can't get it. But she doesn't want that, and everyone keeps giving it to her, to the point where people were asking what her dog was drinking at a football game. <laughs> her dog apparently had some kind of special water, and everybody's like, I got to get that water. Oh, my God.
2: Do you remember Andrew Keegan? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was a thing for a minute. He's a cult
0: leader. Yeah, I mean, just the fact though that like Travis Kelsey's jerseys <laughs> have sold <laughs> more than like anybody ever, because <laughs> he's. I mean, he's great. I like him. I've always been a casual fan of his, but there's no reason why he should be the number one selling jersey.
1: It's so weird. Like I watched a TikTok video the other day. Uh, Is this adorable little you know toddler baby? dressed all up in chiefs gear i saw that i'm watching football and her mom goes who's your favorite player and she goes taylor Taylor swift Swift.
0: (laughs) (laughs) i am a little frustrated though because my tiktok because i did watch the kelsey stuff like him and his brother their podcast i I don't listen to it but i will watch clips on tiktok and my algorithm is now fucked it's all taylor swift and (laughs) Jason, and i'm trying to get out of it but yeah. it's been kind of annoying. And then Saturday Night Live has to happen and uh where they both pop up on there. So anyway. Cool. I'm, I'm shocked it didn't make a hundred million, I'll be honest, but uh doesn't make it a failure by any means.
1: No. Oh. Ma- massive hit. All
2: right. I wonder and- if there'll be a lot of fall-offs. falloff.
1: That is a question. Yeah. I don't I can't answer that one yet. I bet I, I I'm guessing it'd probably be less than what exorcist believer fell off or saw both of which were 60 to 50 to 60% off
0: i mean i would have tried to make this more of an event and then really tried to you know i mean be it go for the fall off but like try to get everybody there in one weekend and then pull it and then release it later
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) But
2: i mean if it's still there in a couple weeks when i'm not traveling as much i might see it
1: yeah, I was trying to think of like a a way to use this to promote uh, "Killers of the Flower Moon." Like, we need to come up with a name that matches up killer, like we did with Oppenheimer and Barbie. You know, you do the double header of. I don't know if we can put them killers. together. Killers of the Flower Moon. Ears <laughs> of the Flower Moon. There you go. But that's <laughs>
0: next week, right? Or was that yes, this week? Yes, okay, good. No, I was going to no. be really pissed off if that, we were talking about that this week.
1: No, no, no. I just planned way ahead on our schedule. Okay.
2: Yeah. I'm going to try. I don't think I'm traveling that week. So I'm hopefully going to be able to see it on Thursday.
0: My wife is Friday till November. So I think I'll be able to get in there <laughs> and see it. <laughs> All right. Anyway, what about *Killers of the flower moon? You said they're promoting it in a weird way that you don't understand.
1: Well, I've never seen, I don't think I've, I don't know if they did this with the Irishman or not, but, uh, They're promoting. They've got a promotional poster out now uh, on 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 a lot of social media pages that is "Killers of the Flower Moon" with its Rotten Tomatoes score, and I just find that so odd for a Martin Scorsese movie that you need to tell people that critics like a Martin Scorsese movie. I know that they're worried about the title. I know that they're worried about the the length of the movie being being quite long, and maybe that turning people away. Uh, But you know, Oppenheimer faced that same fear head on and, and killed it. So I, I why you would worry about that with Martin Scorsese instead of just, you know, letting him promote the movie. The problem is he doesn't have DiCaprio to promote the movie, and that's going to be the biggest thing that holds back this. Right. Cause he, uh, Jesse Plemons and Lily Gladstone, Lily Gladstone can't be on TV every week or De Niro can't be on TV every week telling people to go see this movie. That's the biggest hurdle. This movie could have been, Oppenheimer. It could have been that big if they'd had the balls to confront these problems earlier. The, yeah. What I, what I see with the use of a Rotten Tomatoes score is desperation to try and get people to come see this movie. Please is it a hundred percent?
0: Oh, really? That's what they show. I mean, I've seen people do a hundred percent like before it comes out when you have like yeah. four critics so they can make it really look like it was a hundred percent. I've seen that a lot, but I've never seen. Like less than 100%, why you would. The only people who should ever be advertising a Rotten Tomato score is like Adam Sandler. And he should be like, look, it's 37, you know, and (laughs) trying to get people to his theater because critics hate it. That makes more sense to me than. uh, But at the same time, Martin Scorsese is kind of, you know, the Rolling Stones. They got a new album out. It's actually really good, but nobody cares. (laughs) So. Uh, he's not the flavor of the month like he used to be. Mm-hmm. And then you throw in the strike that doesn't help. So you gotta do what you gotta do, I guess.
1: I guess it just seems weird, though. I I don't think even if even if critics love this movie, I don't think it's gonna save the film from the from 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 failing in, in terms of the box office. I don't think it's gonna be a big hit. Nothing against the movie. I don't think that's a comment on the movie in any way. That's just a comment on on the business of of movies. I, You've got a hard sell of a story. You don't have your stars to promote it. Uh, you, you know, it's there's a lot of there's a lot of formidable things standing in front of this movie. I think it could have worked if they'd have started this promotional ep- effort. But again, we're also talking about Apple. Apple's awful at promoting movies. They're just the worst at it. <laughs> it's like some yep. of movies. Their- Flora and Son. Does anybody know about that movie? You should. It's fucking brilliant. But nobody knows about that fucking movie because Apple did nothing to promote it. <laughs> Um,
2: how many how many times have we had that conversation? That they just they just it's like, or well, Apple. You're gonna line up for it no matter what, and it's yeah, like not perfect. that way
1: with movies. Apple just charged me for Apple TV on my on my iPhone this week. I'm like, when did I do that?
0: Because <laughs> <Well>, you <laughs> oh, got it, you it for free. IPhone. You had it for free it, for like two years, clear. and now you have to pay for it.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what happened, uh, which is fucked up. But nevertheless, uh, I have Apple TV now. Apparently, uh, which I guess this probably happens to most people. <laughs> <laughs> well, something yeah, it happened to me. <laughs> but nevertheless, cause I, I, I have access to their screener site, so I'm going everything there before it comes out. But uh, we had a comment on this story I posted asking this question. That Ian Britt uh, said, terrible movie name, three hours and 26 minutes long. Movie, will public reviews match the critics' scores? Which is a a, a really great question. I don't know. I, don't, I think people will go see it. I do think it would get relatively good audience scores unless you have the marvel people you know just make up fake scores and post them on rotten tomatoes cuz guys you don't have to see the movie <laughs> to put your score on rotten tomatoes and since the marvel guys a lot of the hardcore ones are really still pissed off at martin scorsese for not liking comic book movies you really can't trust the audience score on rotten tomatoes but you really can't uh, you really can't trust any score on rotten tomatoes if we're being honest uh <laughs>
0: What's going on? alright? What's going Oh, sorry, my phone just started going off. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: was like, what is that? I thought it was, I was like,
2: what did I do?
0: I was
1: <laughs>
0: trying to look up to see if we had any reviews, and I just started playing the podcast.
1: Ah, yeah, you failed miserably. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what the review said.
2: <laughs> and those are the four-star ones.
1: Those are the four-star ones. <laughs> don't look at the YouTube comments, whatever you do. <laughs> Never. <laughs> I love horrible Lots comments Angry, sad people. Um yeah, so I just I don't know. I don't I I have a feeling this isn't gonna do big money uh unless unless it hangs on for the Oscars, which I think it will. Uh but even then I don't see this movie making over fifty million and this is a, they paid a lot more than that for it. Um they're part- Well the
2: marketing budget alone because yeah.
1: they've Marketed the fuck out of this movie, but uh, I, again, I, I just, uh, I don't know. I gotta. It's weird to me to think that they think they think they need Rotten Tomatoes to promote a Martin Scorsese movie. This seems. It just doesn't seem. I can't even put it to words. It just doesn't. It seems weird. <laughs> Scorsese seems wrong. Scorsese. He doesn't need that.
2: You know what, though. I mean the way that the business has changed over even just the last two years because of COVID, I, he, you know, I mean, it's people that would normally go see a Martin Scorsese or a Leonardo DiCaprio movie. Aren't necessarily going to the theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've talked several times about how a lot of the recent, like opening nights that I've been to have been, dead and you know with people are like oh I, I can just stream it now and i'm like don't just stream it don't stream it and I, well i was gonna say go buy a physical copy but now that's being phased out by best buy so <laughs>
1: um
2: I, I i i just wonder if if it was normal times and we'd never had covid would this you know, and we didn't have the strike. This could potentially be one of the top 10 movies of the year because it's got Leonardo DiCaprio, it's got Robert De Niro, it's directed by Bart- Martin Scorsese.
0: It is three and a half hours. Although it seems like a lot of movies are that now. <laughs> Even combat well, movies are pushing three.
2: Nobody I, fucking blinked an eye when Endgame was three hours long. And that's a long. <laughs> uh, well, you did, of course, because you hit <laughs> everything. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> the nobody blinked an eye when it was that, but if it's something that's not Marvel or, you know, I mean, I, I am personally somebody who likes a little shorter movie. Cause I've got time constraints now with my job and whatever, but I'm like, do I wish terrifier two had been about a half an hour shorter? Yes. <laughs> maybe in four, maybe even 45 minutes. But I watched it. It did take me a little while. I know that I will see this in the theater, not just for the show, but just because, you know, it's a new Martin Scorsese, Scorsese movie. Sorry, I've been up since four o'clock. Um, you know, it's like, will we, will we get that kind of reaction because of the length or...
0: I mean, I think it comes down to how amazing it is. If it's really, really good, you're going to get your movie buffs the first week. They're really diehards, Uh, and then if it's you know one of his top movies, and you know, I think Sean posted something that Scorsese said he's influenced by Midsummer and Bo is afraid. Yeah, although Bo was afraid makes no sense, but uh, if it really is that good, and it you know it's one of his better movies ever. I think people will come back in the coming weeks. Uh, I still don't think it'll be a huge success, but it will be enough that people aren't calling it a failure.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think you know, this weekend will be telling. I think it's going to come in under ten million for the opening, and that's going to be like people are just going to call that the death of it. On uh, that'll be the perception anyway amongst you know box office experts, and that if it comes in under ten million, uh, it'll be done for. Uh, but you're yeah. right. It, if it's good enough, it, which I assume, which I'm readily going to assume that it is, uh, it is, it, it'll come back. It'll come back around. I mean, um, if it's
0: good enough, I think it'll hit. I mean, 10 million, you would think that after Friday, people would start coming Saturday, it, you know, if the word of mouth is good enough. Uh, so I would hope they get more than the ten million. If it gets 10 million, it might be tough to come back from that, no matter how <laughs>
1: good it is. Uh, I, I, this is also coming from a guy who fell asleep during The Irishman, so what do I know? I watched Irishman <laughs> twice. <laughs> in a
2: week. Once once for you, once for me.
1: Yep. That was a plan. I, in fairness to myself, I was jet-lagged, the theater was hot, the movie started <laughs> an hour late because and, they were interested in the cast.
0: And I was sitting between Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro and <laughs> just fell asleep. <laughs> 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 Oh yeah, in case you didn't know, Sean was invited to LA by Netflix to watch that movie. Yeah. (laughs) And he fell asleep. All right. This week we have one new movie to talk about. uh, Three movies we just randomly picked and then a movie from 1993. Let's start with Fair Play.
1: Fair Play on Netflix directed by Chloe DeMont and starring Alden Ehrenreich and Phoebe Dynaver is the story of a couple who both work on Wall Street. uh, The I've just gotten engaged and there's now a promotion that's coming up. Uh, They assume that uh, Alden Ehrenreich's character is going to get this promotion. There's been talk around the office that he's going to get it. And then he does it. And she does. And naturally, this leads to a lot of problems in their relationship. He tries to be supportive. He tries to be uh, there for her at the same time. They also can't reveal that they're in a relationship uh, out of risk that one of them will lose their job. So they've got to keep that quiet while also trying to you know, maintain the relationship they had before uh, this you know, promotion came in and kind of messed up their lives. They're still planning on to- towards a wedding eventually, though, how they'll do that again while trying to hide it all is pr- creating new tensions. That all sounds very basic, but what Chloe DeMont does in the direction of this movie is so smart and so powerful. Because uh, so I went through this movie, like the first two thirds of this movie, I was really thinking this was a vile, ugly, nasty movie that I was really not wanting to be part of. And then there's this turn that happened about the, just at the end of the second act. There is a scene that caused me so much secondhand embarrassment. I had to stop the movie and walk away. Alden Ehrenreich is trying to get a promotion. He's on his knees. He's begging his boss. And a thing happens. And I had to stop. It was so hard to watch. And it just clicked at that moment what what uh, uh, Chloe Domon is doing with her camera and forcing you to be in that moment and really just forcing you to be witness to all these very uncomfortable, very hard to watch moments. Her camera is unblinking. It doesn't move. is static, just forcing you into this moment. And it's a really incredible way to direct a movie. And she talked about actually how she... Blocked scenes specifically to put you even closer to the action in many ways throughout the movie, you'll see that, you know, the, the sets seem to shrink. Uh, and it, and it's a, because it's, again, it's about creating even more and more tension visually behind what's happening, you know, in the story, it's just, which is incredible smart directing and she's a really incredibly, incredible director. She did uh, episodes of succession, which uh, is a very good show. But uh, she's a really talented feature director, and she makes a hell of a debut here.
0: Did you see it, Jeff?
2: I did not. I was traveling all weekend.
0: Yeah, it, it is really amazing. Even, like, the first two-thirds, I think if you go back and watch it uh, again, she even makes you kind of... You, you're you in that relationship. Like, you're. she pulls you in so much so that you're... And you're not necessarily either one of them, you know, and because they're both kind of shitty in different ways, uh, and I don't know. It's just it's a movie you experience. We've had a couple of these. uh, I can't think of the names of them, but uh, I think Adam Driver has been in a movie like this with Scarlett Johansson, maybe, and the one that uh, a
1: Marriage Story,
0: Denzel's kid did. Uh,
1: Oh, Uh, Marie, good. Good one. Good comparison. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's just an experience. It's uh, hard to watch, uh, and hard to I mean, yeah, Sean got up and walked away. That's how hard to watch it is.
1: It's. (laughs) I came back and finished it because I, because I, I, it did. Yeah, like I said, it clicked with me. But yeah,
0: but it's gonna pull you in, and I I don't know. It's a lesser movie would have, you know, just picked one of the characters to be the good guy or the bad guy and instead it was just real you know they just did a good job making it realistic and i don't know you just everybody in it had good qualities and bad qualities and it was just kind of a real life story and but very dramatic and very stressful and uh it'll make you hate hate wall street uh even more than you already did
1: Oh yeah, Um, possibly even relationships. (laughs) They're just just guessing. (laughs) They're just all the time. They're just guessing and then basing it on like inside information that they're not supposed to have. Yeah, Wall Street is gross, and this movie reflects that. And at the same time, it's also reflecting just these two soulless, empty people, right? uh, Who uh, there's a there's a scene early on where they're having sex and he's going down on her, and it turns out she's on her period. And I mean, I. The the boldness of that scene to throw that in so early before we've gotten to know these characters wow that is a choice Sean,
2: <laughs> don't you know that a period ain't stopping nothing but a second but, but a sentence
1: <laughs> a, you need to
0: choice. watch that scene <laughs>
1: <laughs> followed by him fumbling the fumbling a ring out of his pocket and going oh well, you want to get married <laughs> Well, it's still like covered it's in blood. Covered
0: in period blood.
1: <laughs> wow! Yeah.
0: And it's not a comedy. <laughs> not a comedy.
2: You know what, though, the premise could be a comedy.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, you could take it in that direction. Absolutely, you could. T- you could make this a Seth Rogen movie. It's not. It- it's As a- you
2: were describing the plot, I was like, "Is this a comedy
1: or a drama?" Yeah, it's. It- it- It's It's a drama, hardcore.
0: (laughs) I mean, borderline a thriller. I mean, you're you get caught up in it, uh, and and it's I I don't know. I I really recommend it. It's very, very good. Uh, It will turn people off.
1: Uh, Oh, definitely. This is not a movie for everybody. But it was. If I just if you if you heard me drop you just heard me describe that period blood scene. If that's not if you can't take that. Don't watch this movie.
0: <laughs> that's, that's literally the tip of the iceberg. Because yeah. there's so much. It's uh, a, even forget the grossness. Just the emotional toll you go through watching this for the characters. is pretty intense and really well done. So you said this is a, a debut for her?
1: Yeah, for as a feature director, yeah.
0: Yeah, she's going to go places. This is a really, really good movie. And even more than that, really well directed.
1: Definitely. And, yeah, I'm, I'm a student of uh, first scenes in movies, like the first image of a movie. Like the, the, they'll tell you a lot about a movie, the very first thing you see in it. And the first thing you see in this is a scene that if you if you pause about 30 seconds in and you deconstruct what's happening, you'll see the, the thesis statement on what you're about to see for the rest of the movie. And that's what really great directors.
0: And what you hope is that really director is don't sign to a big studio and get everything taken out from underneath them and they just become yes men or women. Uh, yeah. So hopefully she gets to keep doing her own stuff. And if she does do a studio picture, she has control over it because she definitely has the talent for it. Definitely. All right. We decided to make this week a, what did we call it? A critic's choice.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, and we picked three movies. Hello, Mary Lou, prom night Two, popcorn and pieces. Where do you guys want to start?
1: Let's start with hello, Mary Lou. We'll go in alphabetical order. Uh, All right. You want to take this one?
2: (laughs) I can. Sure. Um, this movie started off as the haunting of, uh, Whatever the, whatever the, the high school. Hamilton name. High. Hamilton High. Thank you. No, I'll
1: take it.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah, please do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's actually, yeah, you know, it's funny. It's it's still listed as the haunted haunting of Hamilton High on Freevee, uh, which is where I watched yeah. it. Well,
2: that I met the director last weekend, and that's what he said. That's he kept calling it that. Yeah, it, he was like, "Can you just force this fucking movie to be called that?" So.
1: Yeah, it's got nothing to do with the original Prom Night. Like, There is not, there is not any connective tissue between Prom Night and this movie <laughs> other than the name. Um, but yeah, Bruce Pittman is the director uh, written by Ron Oliver. Uh, a woman is killed at the prom. Uh, she's lit on fire and <laughs> dies horribly. Uh, she is somehow resurrected 30 years later and goes on a killing spree by uh, taking... Uh, taking the taking over the body of uh, Vicky played by Wendy Lyon Uh, she's also there to perhaps maybe try and find some revenge against Billy who is now the principal as a grown-up Michael Ironside he's the one who lit her on fire Uh, he's got a son who's dating Vicky blah 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 a lot of there are a lot of good things about this and a whole lot of failed logic throughout this that uh, a lot of shit that doesn't make any sense and doesn't seem to take enough care to make sense uh, yeah, the good things about this, though, like the chalkboard scene in this movie, there's a scene where uh, so Wendy Lyons, Vicky is getting slowly possessed by the by the demon Mary Lou. Uh, she's in detention by herself in the school. She walks up to the, the chalkboard. It says, help me. She touches. She reaches up to kind of touch the chalkboard and her hand gets grabbed and she gets pulled into the chalkboard, which turns into this swirling vortex of water. That is a phenomenal scene of just awesome practical effects. And a really good scare. Uh, but then the movie just does other bullshit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I didn't expect I it, it to do anything other than other bullshit, so it kind of worked for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was kind of what I expected it to be, and I had fun watching it.
2: It's yeah, I it. just. It's. <laughs> it's okay. not a good movie. It's not. Really well acted. It's not really well directed, but it's got some cool set pieces like the hobby horse that comes to life and starts licking itself. And
1: yeah, why what was
0: that? I don't know. Why I, it
2: does, <laughs> you know, what I, I'm i guessing, and I should have asked Bruce Pittman this. Why was it? Well, yeah, why? Why is this entire movie? Why is this movie? Why? Um. <laughs> So full disclosure, my friend Joe loves – this is his favorite movie. He has a 35-millimeter print of it. He has – uh, Bruce Pittman gave him the crew jacket that says The Haunting of Hamilton High on it. Um, he's got figurines. He commissioned me to do a Mary Lou poster. You name it. He just he loves this movie. And it's one of those things where you just latch on to it, I guess. And I give him – some shit about it. Our friend Raph gives him even more shit about it. Anytime he mentions it, Raph is on there like telling him how bad the movie is. Uh we went to the drive-in to, and we went and this was playing. I didn't get to watch much of it. But Joe was there. You know, he was he got he arranged for Bruce Pittman to be there. And he was just like a pig in shit all weekend. And he he just loved it. And I just that's that's what I like about it is that it inspired this love. Uh, incidentally, he loved this sandwich that the Skyline Drive In had called the um, pretzel loin, which is a tenderloin between two pretzels. Mm. Not a pretzel bun, two actual pretzels. Wow. And I had one and I waited two hours for it and it was horrible. So I told Joe the next day, I said, you know, he goes, did you like your sandwich? I said, this sandwich is the Hello Mary Lou of sandwiches. <laughs> you love it, and everybody else hates it. Um, so yeah, it's you know I mean it's it was pretty bad. Um, yeah, movie's not good, but it's yeah. it camp. It's like it's like kitschy fun. That's the only that's the only thing you get going into this. You're not going to see Jamie Lee Curtis disco dancing again. It's it's a fifties slash eighties movie, so. Your mileage may vary.
1: Yeah, I. They needed to pick a lane uh, with what they were doing with the with Mary Lou and and Vicky. Like, is she possessed? Is she taking over her body? Is what what is happening here? Is she replaced her somehow? Like, they they seem to pick three different things and then drop them almost immediately. (laughs) Yeah. So they can get kind of to several different homages to you know older horror movies. Uh, There's like you know all the teachers' names are, are names of horror directors uh the so there's a lot there's a lot of visual homages to older horror movies so you can see kind of what they were going for but at the same time it doesn't really work because they don't have the in the end they just don't have any kind of internal logic that makes any sense and it's impossible to kind of invest in this when you when Mary Lou can just have any power she needs at any moment uh yeah. it does, it's impossible to invest in that
2: and I know this was the eighties and this was new then, but can we stop naming every everybody Carpenter or Craven <laughs> or Cunningham? Yeah. <sighs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that was like I, I know it was a new thing when this movie came out, so I was just like I,
1: I let it go, but
2: Scream Six, Scream Five, Carpenter, we get it.
1: Yeah. It's just like stop doing it. It's just nudging you in the ribs, going, "What do you think? Yeah, did you notice? Did you notice?
0: Yeah. Again, I I don't know. It it is what it is. (laughs) It's hard to. (laughs) I can't go on for fifteen minutes about it. I can barely go on about it for a minute. Uh, But
1: (laughs) what possessed you to want to see it,
0: Mary Lou? Well, no, uh, I just wanted to. I figured if I picked this and Jeff wouldn't and Jeff could pick something else because I wanted to see what he'd come up with. <laughs> so, Honestly, that my only real...
1: <laughs> Fair enough.
0: <clears throat> and I hadn't seen it, so why not? I haven't oh, seen Prom go. Night either, though. So Sounds like they're not related even a little bit other than not even. No. Prom and both. <laughs> they could have called it Carrie, too.
1: <laughs> why didn't they that would be a better actually comparison
0: probably because they didn't own it <laughs>
1: like a far better carry like a far better carry 2 than it does prom night two.
0: <clears throat> anything else on prom night 2
1: no thank you it's not good and I wouldn't recommend spending your time on it unless you're gonna riff it with friends
0: I don't know if it's that good <laughs> uh <laughs> Next, alphabetically, is Pieces. pieces.
1: <laughs> yeah. 19, uh, released in 1983, made in 1982, uh, Pieces was uh, directed uh, by Juan Piquer Simeon and uh, written by Dick Randall and Roberto Leota, Le- Loyola. Uh, a young kid, Timmy Reston, is in his bedroom putting together a puzzle of a naked woman that he stole from his dad, who's at World War II. This is 1942 when it said, his mom comes in and finds it and freaks out and uh, he's going to burn the puzzle and all of his toys. And, you know, she's all very dramatic, but he's actually a little bit more dramatic than her because he comes back in the room with an axe and splits her fucking skull open. <laughs> <laughs> uh, somehow the cops, despite seeing him covered in blood, assume he's just a traumatized kid who didn't know what happened to his mom. So they let him go and 40 years passed. Uh, then we cut to a scene, Jeff, you're going to have to make this, if, see if you can make this make sense to me. There's a girl on roller skates and I, I, the editing is really, you know, solid, like we're editing from her to a van arriving to her, to guys getting out of the van, seeing the van is a glass carrying van, uh, to her on roller skates. And then the, vi- the glass comes out of the back of the van and you know where this is going. What the fuck did this have to do with anything in the movie? <laughs>
2: Well, I mean, aside from the fact that that was just the introduction to the first victim, nothing.
1: So she did, so she was, she she survived that.
2: Yes, okay, so... That
1: didn't make any sense to me. I couldn't... No, even, it didn't, because they cut part of, part of it out. Girl, yeah.
2: So what's supposed to happen is the killer,
1: mm-hmm.
2: who, well, let's just spoil it, because it's just, it's not... <laughs> who is the dean of students? Uh is watching out the window as this happens, and that inspires him because the glass is supposed to break and she's supposed to be unharmed, but he sees the reflection of the different pieces of her in the glass, ah. and that supposed to, supposedly inspires him to rebuild the puzzle
1: okay. out of okay. real yeah. women. That is not in the version I watch.
2: <laughs> no it's not in any version because okay. <laughs> you know
1: good logic
0: you know who needs it yeah that is a pretty <laughs> important piece of information though it not is. that you know it's still pretty thin <laughs> but
2: yeah uh
1: yeah the i did like the the, the following scene again the, the the first kill of the movie a guy is watching this little this young woman Uh, From the bushes. He's breathing heavy. He's got a chainsaw. And it's the middle of the day, which you never see in a horror (laughs) movie. It's so rare to see a guy with a chainsaw, the least conspicuous weapon imaginable, (laughs) just carving some young woman up in broad fucking daylight. (laughs) It's a good, I mean, it's a good, you know, it throws convention right in your face. Like, Like, I like that. Uh, there's no lead character in this movie, not really. Like I guess you could maybe say that Kendall, uh, one of the students is kind of the lead character, but overall, like we we're introduced to a couple of cops who just make no impression whatsoever. Uh, Kendall <laughs> I believe is like the director's insert character because he's like this dorky-looking guy with this curly hair, but every woman has to fuck him. Every woman in the movie <laughs> desperately wants yep. to fuck Kendall to the point where like the second kill of the movie happens because he was supposed to go have sex with the girl in the pool, and he stayed in the library to have sex with the girl in the library. <laughs> and the girl in the pool ends up dead in one of the dumbest sequences possible. Dude. I'm watching this. The, the guy, the killer, puts a pool skimmer over her head and is pulling her to the side. It's like you can see her holding on to the pool skimmer to hold her head inside. Of it was like, like just let go, just, just let go. He pulls her yeah. up. On- deck and she's coughing and she's still alive though she hasn't drowned or anything and she just watches as this guy walks several feet away to pick up his chainsaw turn it on and start walking back to her it's like roll into the pool just roll into the pool no nope. no i'm just gonna, just, just gonna sit here and scream <laughs> 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 Get your head cut off nice job uh all of this of course is building to the fact that the main killer is building a human puzzle essentially taking pieces of people women and uh, with the intent of sewing them back together and dressing him like his mom because an homage to psycho or some shit i don't know <laughs> i'll tell you this jeff i love this movie
2: i, <laughs> I thought you might it's so, it's much so ridiculous
1: it's so cheesy and so broad it has that perfect tone of like people who don't know what they're doing is hilarious Taking it very, very seriously and thinking they're making something that's really cool, and they're totally not. They're making something that is just so dumb. (laughs) And like the waterbed kill is a great one. Like there's so many great kills in this movie. But the kills that the thing about the kills is they're all extremely bloody and gory. So it kind of falls right into that you know horror movie slasher thing that we that we come to expect and enjoy about slasher movies. But that is also any time we're not killing people it's just these really dopey scenes (laughs) with dopey characters. Like (laughs) Harry, they hire a female cop to be the bait. Uh, They make a big deal of like, maybe she's the main character. No, she's completely ineffectual and has no effect on the plot whatsoever. (laughs) She does nothing. She does nothing.
2: Let's take a moment to pay homage to Susan Day George who... Holy fucking shit! Cannot act, um, <laughs> bastards, <laughs> bastard.
1: I mean, what? That there, that pause there, and then the third bastard. Like, fuck yeah, I mean, it's that is Tommy's just so levels of genius.
2: Oh, oh, Tommy wasaw uh, wishes he could have made something this horribly <laughs> wonderful. Um,
1: the The Bruce Lee imitator. I got to set the scene here. She's walking around being the bait, you know, trying to find the serial killer with his chainsaw. And she turns a corner and there's just an Asian guy there who just starts to attack her with karate chops. They're they're missing it. Then he knocks himself unconscious for a moment. And then, then uh, the guy shows, Kendall shows up. It's like, Oh, that's my karate teacher. (laughs) Okay, scene over. <laughs> yeah. Have a good night,
2: man. And like so okay. One thing about this movie too is it was made in Spain with <laughs> all it. actors who oh. the only two American actors in it were Susan Day George and uh, Christopher George. And they even even overdumped they, they even their own lines. <laughs> but everybody like it was speaking with a Spanish accent because it yeah. was all Spanish. And it's supposed to be like a, a like a Italian giallo movie mm. kind of <laughs> killer. But I mean, the, the overdubbing is so bad.
1: So bad. Even on the, the, on the, even
2: on the American screen. actors.
1: Yeah. But it's really bad when professor, Brown, like, professor Brown is on screen. None of the, none of the mouths are matching with the words. Yeah. <laughs>
2: It's just so wonderfully awful.
1: What did you think when the when the the, the dean tries to throw suspicion on Professor Brown, who's the anatomy teacher at the school? Who's a good red herring? Again, there are clever things about this movie, as bad as it is. Making the anatomy teacher a a, uh, a red herring was a good choice. Uh, he tries to throw suspicion on him by sus- by suspecting that he's gay. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, I've come to I've come to wonder about him because you see, Professor blah 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 is a homosexual and yeah. she's just like okay and you know like she knows that, that that's nothing
1: <laughs> nice of the movie to just throw that in
2: <laughs> yeah Oh
1: <laughs> like uh, so wonderfully clumsy things about this movie that i absolutely love uh we got to talk about the ending i i <laughs> what the fuck was this ending <laughs>
2: <laughs> bob has no idea does he
0: no i watched it
2: oh you oh this is not the one you turned off
0: no popcorn was oh wow
2: oh i thought for sure that this was going to be the one you turned off <laughs> you guys when when we were talking about this episode Bob was like yeah I, I turned one of them off and i was convinced it was this one because it's so bad it's good but there's i
1: thought it was like <laughs>
0: I mean with this one there's it's got, I mean Sean kind of summed it all up there's clever stuff in it which mm. is kind of neat I think I thought the violence was actually a little bit harder than most horror movies of this era uh, it just seemed like the kills are a little more creative and a little more intense than your standard kill but then it's terrible <laughs> at the same time <laughs> but because yeah. of that it, it I don't know there was just a watchable quality to it uh I don't think I like it as much as Sean did, <laughs> but uh, it was easy for me to get through, though, and I appreciate portions of it, because it's, it's weird if it's how something can be clever, cool, and terrible all at the same time, because all of it's there, <laughs> uh, but it's just, I don't know, it's just kind of an impressive feat.
1: It is, it, that, and, that, and that is the, the the appeal of this movie, for sure. <laughs> That is how this movie works is that is that bizarre combination of things like that. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I don't think I'd go <laughs> no, to I, the
0: midnight screening of it, but I'd go to the room. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Well, I I I first became aware of this movie through Fangoria magazine. They just had some stills of the murders. And I was like, Oh my god. I was I was a kid. I'm like, how do they do that? Yeah, of course they just put Astroturf around her face and put some blood on it you know they like didn't actually cut her head off but (laughs) i just oh god and then paul smith who played bluto in the popeye movie (laughs) oh my god he's yeah miss you can get the hell out of there you know he's just just the worst everybody is like doing their worst to i oh god it's the only person who's not doing his worst is uh uh kendall He's the he's the one who actually he's like actively earnestly acting. You know he's not he's not like throwing every line reading against the wall to see what sticks. He's just really committed to it.
0: Did he write and direct the movie? (laughs) (laughs) No.
1: (laughs) Well, there's yeah. I said he was the insert character because of all the because like literally (laughs) with every woman you see in the movie, or tries to, like every woman is not. Not only that, every woman is just aching to sleep with him, and that's the point of the scenes that they're in with him, is that they're aching to sleep with him. But I gotta say, he might not be the insert character, considering what happens to him at the end, which is <laughs> totally <really> random. <laughs> so random. They they found the body that the guy that the uh, demon, who was getting the randomly assigned killer here, because <laughs> they did not have any logic or care. they just like, that guy. <laughs> He's the killer. Uh, they find the body that's been assembling and put and putting into his mom's clothes and shoes uh, it falls out of a closet and hits the ground and that's you know kind of the big and it falls on Kendall so he's like really you know fucked up about it Which n- reaction he goes to grab his jacket at the end and then for some reason <laughs> the <this laughs> puzzle piece human being zombie just comes back to life and claws his dick off
0: <laughs> through jeans
1: 30. yeah what why what
0: what, what why though forget why how i mean there's just i mean <laughs>
2: it, it does it's it's it, like it's the it's carrie white burns in hell it's jason yeah. jumping out of the lake it's just those a, at
0: least are <laughs> a, a fun jump scare yeah you can at least somewhat work with that and you know be scared by it. there's no rhyme or reason for this ending uh, no, they're, tr- no, they're no, clearly yeah. trying to do what you said but it doesn't work in this one.
1: But it is so funny because it is so jarring, like so many things in this movie, so many of the choices in this movie, they're just so jarring. And you're you're kind of I was I was kind of in awe of the choices in this movie, oftentimes, like, you know what? That's really stupid, but I'm glad you tried that. Right. <laughs> I mean that's
0: the thing, is I, I kind of assumed all three of these movies were gonna be like prom night two. <laughs> <laughs> and when this wasn't, I was kind of like, okay. And so, I don't know. It's just, again, and I watched all three of these back-to-back-to-back. Back-to-back to back and, wow. ha- back back oh. and a half.
1: <laughs>
0: so, uh, so, that could have played a role why I was burnt out by the time I got part of the way through Popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, popcorn,
1: 1991, uh, Uh, Starring Jill Sholin and Tom Villard. And uh, the story behind this one is that Bob Clark was initially approached to to direct this. He turned it down, Uh, did be a producer on it, but he turned it down. It was given to another director who began shooting it, got through a good portion of it. Alan Ormsby and then was fired (laughs) for reasons. Uh, I guess he just nobody liked him, I guess, uh, on the set. He was not a popular guy. Uh, they also had to change lead actors and reshoot the entire movie, <laughs> well, at least a portion of it. Uh, the the uh, A lot of the stuff we see it had to be completely reshot with a new lead actress. They had to bring in Jill Sholin at the last minute. Uh, Mark Harrier, who is a guy who's only known for being in the Porky's movies, stepped in to direct. So he'd never directed before, and he's not directed since. Uh, and Alan Ormsby still credited with the screenplay under the name Todd Hackett, because, again, he got fired and didn't want to take credit for it. <laughs> uh, and somehow out of that, they made an actually what I think is a pretty good movie. Uh, I really enjoyed this. Uh, the the story goes that this group of film students are putting on a film festival in their town to raise money to make short films. Uh, they get this famous uh, special effects wizard, uh, Ray Walston, to give them a whole bunch of this movie memorabilia that they can use to recreate the the feel of classic William Castle movies. William Castle was a legendary Hollywood huckster who came up with all these various ideas about audience interaction, uh, you know, smell-o-vision, and to, the shock thing. Those are real. The, the shocks in the chairs, the smell in the theater, those are real things that William Castle did. The giant mosquito that is the fir- Part of the first film that we see is a real thing that, that he did. Uh, he also inspired the movie Matinee with John Goodman uh, as well. Uh, and I love those little touches, those little homages. Uh, the story that we're watching with the students unfolds when they find this little can of film, and it happens to be a film called Possessor, which was made by the main character's dad. She doesn't know that yet. She'll learn that. Uh, but it famously went unfinished. And the finish of the movie, or the finish of the short film, was supposed to be him, the dad, on stage committing a murder. He was going to murder his wife and child. He did murder his wife. He failed to murder his child. She gets saved uh, by her aunt, uh, played by D. Wallace Stone. And then this story unfolds twenty years later. Uh, I think the movie is really clever. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the the gore. I enjoyed the, the the kills are great. I thought the mask work was was fun. Uh, I, I just I don't think this is a great movie, but I. It was I had really low expectations going into it. Uh but I liked the I liked a lot of it.
2: Do you wanna go do sure, your abbreviated?
0: Yeah, it's fine. I, I guess I expected this one to be the best of the three. And yeah. I thought the acting was so bad. I thought it was worse than the other two movies. <laughs> uh, what? and again, I don't know how far I really got into it. And I I I also it was back to back to back. <laughs> And so I was a little bit burnt out, but uh, I just thought the acting was so bad. I couldn't get into it and maybe I just needed a break and need to come back to it later. But it was, it was rough for me. Sorry. I
2: particularly, I particularly like Tom Villard. Um, I think he was, he was really good in a lot of stuff um, and pulled it off with this, with that, you know, with the mask at the end and all that, that was, that was a lot of fun. And I think his personality really was something that you needed to pull that off. Um, I, I see what Bob says, you know, like there were, the acting is not great. Jill Sholin is a face and a personality. And she's like, what you, when you can't really afford Jennifer Connelly, you get Jill Sholin. <laughs> and, or, or, to put it for modern audiences, she's like when you order uh, Jennifer Connelly off of Timu, but she's fine. You know, she's, she's fine. Um, I love that D Wallace is in it. I, I had fun. I liked that it was kind of an education for people about how, you know, William Castle did things and so weird. Um, but I think that it it does fall apart towards the end a little bit because it's a, it's kind of convoluted when they get to this you know oh well, your your dad was this and this and this and but overall I think it's it's one of the be- it's the best made movie of the three that we watched this week. Um, it looks good, it sounds good, uh, you know, it has script that is coherent <laughs> <unlike> pieces i <laughs> like pieces where they just like like just
0: a bunch of improvised half
2: the movie <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah really um you know i i think it's it looks the best of the three pieces is more enjoyable for me just because it's so wacky yeah exactly. um but I, you know, I didn't hate this enough to turn it off. I did. I was packing to go to Halloween Palooza, so towards the end, I'm like, all right, I'm just kind of coming in and out. But I, the last five minutes of it, I sat and watched just to see how it came out. So
0: well, and Josh always talked about the film grain, and I just, I don't know, something about just the way it looked actually took me out of it too. And again, I'm, it was. The mood I was in when I got to it. Maybe I need to watch it again and come back next week. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there are no wrong answers here. There are no wrong answers here. Uh, I yeah, like I said, I liked it. I like Tom Villard a lot. I think he's one of those. He's got one of those memorable faces. Uh, when you when you see him, you know you recognize him. Uh, he was, yeah. he was great in One Crazy Summer as Bobcat Goldthwait's brother. <laughs> they had a wonderful comic dynamic in that movie and. Like you said, you've seen him in, in dozens of other things. And I thought he was an effective, uh, an effective villain. Uh, yeah. I, I like the, there's a bit of misdirection in there is, you know, is her dad alive? Is he not alive? Who? Why is anyone doing this? And it, there, there was a certain internal logic to it that made sense, uh, enough for me. Uh, and yeah, I like the kills. I like the way the people died in the movie. I thought, the I thought they had a, a clever, a clever handle on that, uh, you know, using each of the elements of the uh you know the, the electric shock and the and the bug and the <laughs> the smell all of that they use those things to 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 make their kills and it, it that worked on me I, I also like I think there's a there's just this such a there's such an amount of love for movies uh like especially you know William castle movies like the tingler uh the work of Vincent price you know that kind of stuff there's so much love for that that I that I kind of have a secondhand love based off of just a on the homages alone,
0: but we hated the yeah, homages prom night two. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I'll be honest. I turned it off after the first scene. Cause I thought it was a really bad scene. And I was like, I, I this is gonna, not going to be good. <laughs> so maybe I'll give it another <laughs> shot.
2: And you uh, sat through pieces.
0: I, I was doing other things though. <laughs> If the if popcorn had come first, I probably would have turned pieces off. If I'm being honest. <laughs> it's a long day, six hours or whatever, or would ended up being four hours and fifteen minutes.
1: Pieces is terrific, and I and I love. It.
0: All right, ninety three <laughs> Judgment Day Judgment Night came
1: out. Yeah, Judgment Day is the WWE factor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Judgment Night is. Uh, Emilio Estevez, Cuba Gooding Jr., Jeremy Piven, Stephen Dorff, and Dennis Leary. Another week of Dennis Leary in a movie. Um, I could do without some Dennis oh, Leary. He movie was amazing, a
0: Demolition Man.
1: <laughs> he's just playing Dennis Leary in Demolition Man. Exactly. Um, he's perfect. <laughs> he's just playing Dennis Leary in this movie, apparently, too. That's all he can um, do. He's, yeah, he's limited that way. Um, he does Bill Hicks Dennis, really well. Four four morons get into a a, um, a big you know motor home and they're going to a fight in the city of Chicago. They are apparently rube enough that they uh, don't understand that Chicago has traffic, especially on a night when there's a big sporting event. So they end up getting stuck in traffic instead of getting to the fight. They take an off ramp into uh, apparently a dystopian future Chicago that doesn't have any people in it. Uh, <laughs> where they end up getting into a thing where they end up witnessing a murder uh done by Dennis Leary's character their motor, mo, motor home gets burned up and they have to run through the somehow empty streets of Chicago to to find uh safety and i guess you know find home base and <laughs> live through the night uh this movie's terrible it's just it's just not fun it's grim it's dull uh the most interesting thing about it was that was how Emilio Estevez ended up being in it. He was like the seventh choice they had for a lead actor. In the <laughs> they had a window that they had to shoot this movie. Like they had to start at this time, and they wanted first everybody wants Tom Cruise. You're not going to get Tom Cruise. They wanted Christian Slater. They couldn't get Christian Slater. They they took it to uh, John Cusack maybe, and then he said no. Ray Liotta said no, uh, and finally like fuck, we got to start in, like, a week. What about Emilio Estevez? And Emilio goes, $4 million. <laughs> because he was available and they had to start shooting. They're like, alright, Emilio Estevez it is.
0: So they didn't try to get Charlie Sheen at all?
1: <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, I don't know. They probably, maybe. They took I mean, it to a lot of people before they took it to Emilio.
0: I mean, you would think he'd be ahead of Emilio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah that's how he ended he might have also been been shooting something at the time because like i said a lot of guys turned it down not because they didn't like it but because they just weren't available or couldn't start on the date that they set themselves to start they were going to start on this date no matter what and that's how they ended up you know where they ended up i guess uh not a good movie it's not it's it's a uh, it's it's a movie that wants it both ways it wants to portray you know the, the decaying urban jungle of Chicago that is so incredibly dangerous, but it also wants to have, like, oh, no, 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 no. don't worry, the bad guy's a white guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, we know what you're doing here. You're being disingenuous about what you're doing here, but we know what you're doing. Uh, it's, it's so, it's just unpleasant. The only thing that anybody seems to remember about this movie is the soundtrack, which uh, did this thing where they got Rappers and like heavy metal guys together to to do mashup songs, and that's really only anything any, anyone remembers about it.
0: All right, next week <laughs> <laughs> we got the Flowers movie. I forgot the name.
1: Killers of the
2: Flowers. Killers Boy. of the Flowers man.
0: It's gonna do great. Uh, what else do we got next week? <laughs> You sent out the classics. Uh, I forgot to write them down.
1: Yeah, did I? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, after Hours, uh, another Martin Scorsese movie, and New York, New York, uh, another Martin Scorsese movie and musical. Uh, one of the few uh, Scorsese movies I hadn't I haven't seen. So uh, very excited about that. I I got uh, after I just bought After Hours today on on Criterion because they were having a half price sale, so I got that. Uh, so I'm all I'm all set. I'm excited.
0: Excellent. I'm looking forward to that week.
1: Uh, I also did watch a, a Nicolas Cage movie called Booker's Crossing, which is gonna be in limited release on Friday, so we can talk about that as well. Is it good? No. Then so we're not talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad. Okay, then it's, we can talk about it. it. you have to like you have to like a certain kind of western. That's all I'm saying.
0: All right. Uh, before we go to flick chart We only have a few minutes before we lose Jeff uh, Be sure to check out our the show notes For all of the links on the podcast dot patreon.com slash critics pod To support the podcast uh, Let's see where is Zoom where is the shared screen G.I. Jane Versus the wicker man 1973 The uh, wicker man Wicker man Uh, Rush Hour 3. The Fly 2.
2: The Rush oh. Hour. Yeah, I watched all the Fly movies recently and that one's. sucks.
1: <laughs> Who's the star of that one? Is it William Ragsdale?
2: No, it's uh, uh, Eric Stoltz. <laughs> Eric Stoltz, okay.
0: This one's for Sean. The Conjuring or The Sting?
2: <sighs> the Conjuring.
1: Yeah, whatever.
0: Sean voted for The Conjuring. <laughs> Uh, death wish 2 kong skull island
1: kong skull island
2: yeah
0: agreed seven Fuck pounds me, garden Day. state
1: oh it's garden state all the way
2: yeah
0: garden seven state pounds is bad
2: isn't seven pounds the sole no that's 21 it's ounces or of, something
1: it's the weight of the human brain
0: the little drummer boy broken flowers
2: uh, Little drummer boy is
0: a TV movie. Okay, yeah, fine. I we can know, make it I'm hard. Sure I've never seen it. Broken flowers or the outlaw of Josie Wales.
1: Um, outlaw Josie Wales. I guess there's only one. There's one really great scene in Broken Flowers, but that's about it.
2: Yeah, I'm going to say the outlaw Josie Wales. In honor of my dad, who liked that movie.
0: The Jungle Book, the Amityville Horror, 2005, with Ryan
1: Reynolds. <laughs> Jungle Book.
2: Uh, Ryan Reynolds abs. I mean, the <laughs> Amityville Horror.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Is I didn't this... actually
2: see the Jungle Book.
0: Did Favreau do the Jungle Book? Uh, mm-hmm. what... i just thought for the Jungle Book. Sicario Hot Fuzz. Sicario.
2: Yeah, I hated Hot Fuzz. Same.
0: i didn't i I liked it better than the shot of the dead but i didn't like it like it gone girl 1948's hamlet
1: gone girl hamlet's wonderful gone girl
0: Girl. i agree the hangover part three of the recruit
1: hangover part three because the recruit is just not that good
2: yeah sure i
1: don't
0: care Happy Gilmore Kung Fu Panda 2.
1: <laughs> Kung Fu Panda 2.
2: How does Happy Gilmore end? I've never gotten through it without having sex.
1: I... <laughs> so Happy Gilmore? <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. That's, that is such a st- brilliant short story.
2: I've <laughs> <laughs> tried watching it three times.
1: never got through it.
2: And no, no, it wasn't by myself. <laughs>
0: Peggy Sue got married, Harry and the Hendersons.
1: Peggy Sue got married.
2: Yeah, Peggy Sue. Agreed. With Kathleen Turner, my favorite.
0: John Wick 3, End of Watch.
2: John Wick end Parker. of Watch. I just really like End of Watch and I, I still like John Wick but I'll
0: go End of Watch. The Shining
1: Apocalypto The Shining
2: Definitely
0: Agreed Percy Jackson and the Olympians Enchanted
1: Enchanted. En- Enchanted That was cute
0: Halloween 07 The Little Mermaid 89
1: Little Mermaid Little Mermaid
0: The Fifth Element Gerald's Game Oh, oh.
2: Yeah. The Fifth Element, although Gerald's game did no, I'm gonna pick Gerald's game because it that's was a good. great movie. It was a great movie about a from a book that you could not adapt. <laughs> and Mike Flanagan fucking knocked it out of the park. And he deserves a little recognition for it. So
0: I liked it a lot. The Fifth Element's kind of a classic. I've never read the book though, so that's <laughs>
2: Oh, the book is. So, I've, I've read the book twice. It was the last book my dad ever read, and he just was like, "Tell me how good he thought it was." And it's just, it's the scariest book by Stephen King ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like i I still get chills when I think of her trapped, handcuffed to the bed, with her dead husband being eaten by a dog on the floor, and in the dark she sees the Nightmare Man. And I always pictured him as the – uh you remember Hellraiser, the end where the guy's eating the crickets off the beard and he walks into the fire? Do you guys remember that? That's who I pictured the midnight man as, and it just scared the fuck out of me when I was reading it the first time.
0: What are you picking, Sean? it's element. <laughs> <laughs> he hates Gerald's game.
1: I don't hate it. I read the book. I'm just kidding. Did you? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I like the movie. I never read the book, though. The Shadow it's Ghostbusters. It's
2: v- very, very faithful.
1: Uh, Ghostbusters. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Matchpoint Ambulance. Matchpoint. Matchpoint. Absolutely.
2: Ambulance.
0: The one jackass. 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 The perfect storm. The country bears. Perfect <laughs> storm.
2: Yeah, it, unless they remake the country bears as like a Five Nights at Freddy's kind of thing.
1: <laughs> that looks pretty good, though. Five Nights at Freddy's movie. They've already made one. It was actually yeah. called Willie's Wonderland. Yep. Thank you, Dean and Brett, for pointing that out on our Facebook page as well.
0: Outlander: The Whales of August.
1: I don't remember Outlander, or The I, Whales I, of August. I actually don't what either of those movies are. All right, Jeff. Wins. I'm
2: going to say this about: um, they also made a banana splits movie. <laughs> Do you remember the banana splits from when you were a little little
1: little kid? <laughs> I think it was a little before me. Yeah,
2: a- I mean, they were kind of before me, but I saw them on reruns, and they did the same thing. The banana splits were like a Sid Marty Croft thing, and they were, you know, like fun and like Chuck E. Cheese before Chuck E. Cheese was a thing. And they made a movie where they are <laughs> fucking killing people and it's so subversive and so fun. So yeah, we could we could talk about that sometime.
0: Isn't there a Five Nights at Freddy's movie coming out in October? Yes there is. I think from a week
2: from Friday.
0: Oh yeah, I guess that would be this week or two weeks from now. <laughs> That's in October, aren't we? Jeez. Yes, barely. Operator thirteen Benny and June.
1: I've never seen him three to 13. <laughs> yeah, me neither.
0: Benny and June are three
1: ninjas. <laughs> Benny and June.
2: Yeah, Benny and June.
0: The exorcism of Emily Rose, Godzilla versus the
1: thing. Godzilla versus the thing.
2: Yeah, I like the exorcism of Emily Rose. I'm going to pick that.
1: I did too.
0: Were you voting against The Exorcism of Emily Rose or do you really like the Godzilla versus the thing? I'm
1: not a big fan of Emily Rose. I'm okay. not a big fan yeah of a lot of possession movies. The, the the only one possession movie that I really love is The Last Exorcism.
0: Vacancy Creator.
1: I don't think I've seen Creator. I don't I know that's Peter O'Toole but I don't I don't remember it.
0: Vacancy Amazing Winter Romance. What the fuck? I've never
1: seen Amazing Winter
2: Romance. <sighs>
1: They need
0: to get Hallmark movies off here. Yeah, no kidding. Vacancy Fury.
1: Fury. I just don't think Vacancy is a very good movie. Yeah, I don't think Fury is a very good movie either. But
0: Fury is at least fine. At (laughs) best, Slapshot Bean. Slapshot.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Not much enthusiasm on my part, but yeah. It's
0: a little (laughs) overrated, Electra. This is forty. This is 40.
2: Mm, Yeah,
1: this is 40.
0: I agree. Lakeview Terrace,
1: Thunderball. Lakeview Terrace. Yep.
0: I remember that movie now. It took me a second. Welcome
1: to the We Hate James Bond podcast. Yes. (laughs) Traffic back to school. That's tough. Those are two very different movies but one is way more watchable.
2: <laughs> traffic. I'm already picking back to school.
1: Like yeah. I, I I, like traffic. I think it's a, an incredibly sound and well put together film. I really enjoy watching back to, <laughs> back to school. I don't enjoy watching traffic though, even though it's good. <laughs> so. Yeah, and back to school is the one I'd watch, I guess.
0: The man with the golden gun, Snowpiercer.
1: Snowpiercer. Yeah. That's a great movie. Yes. Uh. I don't, no one knows what that is. That's the Elon Musk movie, I think. Okay. Whatever that was.
0: Dangerous <laughs> Minds, this is 40. This is 40?
2: Dangerous Mimes. <laughs> this is 40. I mean, uh, sorry, this is 40. Where are you, Weird Al?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Can't hardly wait 30 days of night.
1: Uh, thirty days of night. Yep, I agree. thirty days.
0: Grumpier old men, the usual suspects.
1: <sighs> that is that. That's hard. Grumpier old men is very funny. <laughs> Both the grumpy old men movies are very funny. Uh, they shouldn't be any good. They're they're definite guilty pleasure. But I do kind of have a twisted enjoyment of them just for just for that dynamic between. Lemon and math out. there, are so funny and roasting each other. Um, they're very watchable. But yeah, I'll, I'll go with conventional wisdom. Even though it's you know it's a lot of sex criminals in one place.
2: <laughs> I'm picking grumpier old men. So <laughs> go ahead.
1: Uh, Your PTSD and wha- singer party. I get it. I understand.
2: <laughs> well, it's no. It's more. It's got more of a rewatch because you. You know, once you watch Usual Suspects and you find out the twist, mm-hmm. then it, you can only watch it one more time before it starts to just be like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever.
0: That lineup seems pretty fun, though. <laughs> it's not a whole movie, but I want Usual Suspects. Uh, one more Pacific Rim of you to kill.
1: Pacific Rim.
2: Pacific Rim job.
1: It's not the movie. Oh, that, this wasn't the porno thing. in your hotel room right now.
0: Alright, one more. <laughs> the Lighthouse, Heller High Water.
1: That is oh my god, are you kidding me with that? <laughs> those those two movies are fucking amazing. Uh Heller High Water.
0: I'm to go to the Lighthouse. The
1: Lighthouse.
0: Alright. We'll see you all next week.
2: Cool. Alrighty. I will try to I will try to see uh What's that Martin Scorsese movie again? Something about I will try to flowers. see it, even though I'll be out of town all weekend. So. All right. Maybe I'll go see it Saturday night in Lexington. We'll see. All right.
0: Bye, everybody.
2: Bye.